Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This is Leslie Powell with the Yale World Fellows Program. I'm speaking today with May Ackel, a 2010 Yale World Fellow from Lebanon. May is the Foreign Press Secretary for Member of Parliament and former Prime Minister of Lebanon, Michel Aoun. She's a founding member of the Free Patriotic Movement and also a university lecturer. Earlier in her career, she worked for An Nahar newspaper and as a press officer in the office of the late Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri. Thanks for joining me, May. Thank you for having me. Tell me about the Free Patriotic Movement. What are the basic principles of this party? The Free Patriotic Movement is um, is a new party. We were uh, established just in 2006, 2007. Um, the main difference between uh, the Free Patriotic Movement and the other already established political parties in Lebanon is that these old parties are aligned mainly on religious lines, whereas our party has a new philosophy in working in politics in Lebanon, so it does not align itself along religious lines, and uh, it has not participated in the civil war of Lebanon. And how did you come to be a founding member? How, what was your initial involvement? In 1990, Lebanon was occupied by the Syrian troops. So we were under Syrian occupation from 1990 until 2005. So at this time, around 1991, 1992, I was a very active anti-Syrian uh, anti student campaigning in a peaceful uh, movement against the Syrian occupation of Lebanon. So I've been an activist for a long time, and I sort of moved gradually up the ladder in the political party to the point of when we decided that this movement should be transformed into a party. I was a member of uh, of the of this committee that worked on the founding principles of this party. So is it now called the Free Patriotic Party? It, it's called actually it's called the Free Patriotic Movement. Party. Movement party. We did not want to change the title. We actually had a debate over this because for us, the history that our movement has had was very important. Was there a need for another party given the political landscape of Lebanon? As you said, there, there were religious affiliated parties, yes. but was there a need for a party like this? There was a need for a party like this because what happened is that the already existent parties of Lebanon existed before the war and during the war, but there was no political life whatsoever, per se as a democratic political life, during the war and after the war, because under Syrian occupation, the work of political parties was banned. So we felt that when the Syrians left the country, there was a need to a political party that would basically break away from the traditional uh, guiding principles of political parties in Lebanon. So yes, there was a an, an, a very important need for this to happen. And uh, what is the representation of the party now in politics? I would say that we are um, we have twenty percent uh, of Muslims in the party, which is really important but we still represent more than 60% of Lebanon's Christians. Mm -hmm. So we have around 30 members of parliament 
in our parliament uh, who represent the majority Christian community. And there are how many parliamentarians altogether? 128 that are equally split between uh, Muslims and Christians. So we have managed to represent more than 60% of the Christians while all the other parties combined represent the other, the remaining percentage. I see. And the party formed some kind of an alliance with Hezbollah, is that correct? We signed a memorandum of understanding with Hezbollah, yes. And what does that mean? Our main concern when we became a party in 2006-2007 is that we needed to solve the lingering internal Lebanese issues. And our concern was also that we needed to solve these problems without falling into the trap of of another civil war. And one of these problems was, and still is, caused by the weapons of Hezbollah. Hezbollah views itself as a resistance against Israel. Other international and regional players view it as a terrorist group. Our main concern was that the Lebanese people, was first, that the Lebanese people need to find themselves a solution for the weapons of Hezbollah. Second, this solution needs to be done and achieved in a peaceful way. This is why we decided to have talks with Hezbollah, to engage with Hezbollah. As a result of this engagement with Hezbollah, of this dialogue, we signed what we call a memorandum of understanding with Hezbollah, which consists of 10 points, which are of national concern, issues related to fighting corruption, to having the rule of law, to the importance of civil society, and it also tackles the issue of the weapons. So for us, it was a way to solve a problem that needs desperately to be solved. So has the party come under fire from international sources or the international community? Yes, our party, our party was very harshly criticized, mm-hmm. mostly by the United States of America, that basically at that time under Bush had adopted a policy of uh, isolating these groups that we disagree with. We, as a party, as a free patriotic movement, disagreed with the U.S. administration on this approach. Our argument then was that we have the same objectives as the administration, but we need to reach these objectives, these goals, in such a way that, again, does not lead us into a civil war. Mm-hmm. You, uh, are, you're a member of the Christian community in, in Lebanon, uh, but you've spoken openly about your mixed faith family, extended family. And uh, while you've been here at Yale, you've launched a project with your fellow world fellow, Marvin Reese, called Blood Across Boundaries. Um, tell me about this. What, what is this project about and why are you launching it? Well, we launched this project with Marvin because uh, we do believe that people with mixed heritage, this heritage can be ethnic, can be religious, can be any other type of 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 mixed heritage. So people with mixed heritage have the ability to play a significant role in resolving conflicts and building peace. And this uh, hypothesis that we have uh, comes from the fact that it is our belief that those people who in themselves have this mixed sides of a conflict can actually have a better understanding of the issues that underline these conflicts. And as such, this feeling of being torn 
between two sides of a conflict can be put to use because they understand the grievances of both sides, because they understand the concerns of, the, of both sides, we do believe that they have a positive contribution to make both in resolving conflicts and in building peace. But the problem is that the contribution that these people can have has not yet been tapped by any policymaking institution or by any initiative. And what we want to achieve is this, have these people more involved and more engaged in this effort. How, um, how do you propose to do this? What are some practical steps that you plan to take? What we, what we want to do is basically have a scientific research done on this. So we want to have very good arguments. And our main concern is to bring this dialogue from the amazing places that it is happening in, such as Yale University and other academic institutions. Our concern is to take this conversation and basically move it into policymaking. So what we want is build alliances with think tanks, maybe in Washington, D.C., probably in Washington, D.C., with those people who would believe in our idea and push it forward. And are you focusing on any particular conflict to start with? Well, I would focus on the Middle East mm -hmm. because this is my area. This is where I feel that I can give the best that I have. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, getting back to the religious communities of Lebanon, um, my question is really about... Um, how freely they mix and mingle. So as a child, for example, growing up in a, in a largely or, or maybe fully Christian community, was there mixing and mingling? Did you have the opportunity to go to school with Muslim children or not? How, how separated or not separated are mm -hmm. these communities? Well, you know, I, 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 I grew up during the war. I was raised during the war, and normally in times of war, you are limited in terms of movement. And the boundaries among regions during the war in Lebanon, among the various regions, was done on, on sectarian and religious lines. So no, I did not, I live in a, in a predominantly Christian area. So we could not literally, physically cross to the other area, to the Muslim area during the war. But the difference between me and other people is that my family, is a multi-religious family, so there was always this connection. It was never very easy to do physically because of the bombs, because you were unable to go to the other region, regions, but it was always there. And how is it now? Now there are no more boundaries. People can go wherever they want. Uh, in this sense, the situation has uh, considerably improved. There are, uh, I mean, the only boundaries that remain might be psychological, fears that some people might have because during the war they were never exposed to the other community. But I think that step by step we're, we're achieving this. Uh, and would you find today, would you find schools with yes. representing yeah, yeah, different yes. communities? They're not yes. now, completely now, now separate, you would. Now you would. Like in Beirut, lots of schools in Beirut because Beirut itself is a multi-religious uh, city. You would have in the same classroom in the same schools, uh, students belonging to the various to the various religious uh, groups in universities and the university where I teach, we have half half, it's half Muslim, half Christian, mm -hmm. and it's all fine. I see. Um, what is next for you? What do you plan on pursuing? 
I wish I could give you an easy answer to this question, but um, in a sense, being uh, having done this program at Yale makes you realize two things. You don't really realize how you're going to do these two things, but you realize two things. First, you realize that you should have done a lot more, and for some reason you didn't, and this is what needs to be corrected. And the second thing that you realize is that things have to change for you. You have to affect positive change. Positive change needs to happen after this. And I'm still looking for ways to implement these objectives that I have. Are you going back to your position I am, with I the, am going the back. party and with the I am prime going minister, back. former prime minister? I am are. going back to what I used to do. I will probably do the same things that I used to do from a different perspective, from a more open perspective. Uh, this, is, uh, this is, of course, due to the, the various approaches that we had here at the World Fellows Program to the different issues. So I'm, I suppose I'm going to see things from a different eye. Um, this is at least for the things that I, I'm going to keep on doing. For new things, I'm waiting to see how things play out. You're working on a book. Yes. And what is that about? I am. Um, this is still a, in a project. This is still a project. Uh, it, it has not been finalized yet. I hope it will be finalized very soon. What I hope to achieve in this book is bridge a gap that I see exists in political literature and in literature on conflicts. And what I see is a dehumanization of conflicts. The literature that we see today on the bookshelves on conflicts addresses conflicts as if the human being doesn't exist. And I think that this reflects, this both actually reflects and results in a misunderstanding of issues. And as long as we do not understand issues, we will never be able to solve them. So what I want to do in this book is give the account of a witness, somebody who has been in the events, somebody who will talk not only about what happened, but about what, the, what are the emotions that these events have stirred in people, what are the consequences that these events have. In some sense, I want to bring back humanity, quote unquote, to these events in the, in, in the objective of basically understanding these issues. And you're talking about which time period in Lebanon? Mostly uh, from 2005, the assassination of Prime Minister Hariri, until now. But of course, it will also have flashbacks to certain episodes of Lebanon's history. I see. Well, good luck to you. Thank you so Thank much you. for speaking with Thank me. Thank you for having me. Thank you.